to This is the Day with Pastor Wade Scarborough. It is our prayer that something is said or done to make your walk through this journey called life a little lighter and brighter. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. He looks forward to walking with you on this journey together to breakthrough, victory, redemption. Pastor Wade is anointed and experienced in multiple areas of life. God uses him to have us look at our challenges in ways we may never have seen before. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, Pastor Wade Scarborough. This is the day. This is the day. This is the only day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What's up? What's up? What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy. With This is Pastor Wade with This is the Day. How is everybody doing? Man, I don't know. I know we have conversations weekly, but I always feel like it's just been a very long time since we talked. That's how much I miss you guys. That's how much you guys are a part of my life. Your boy just got back from Cabo. Listen, listen, was out there doing it, having a good time, uh, refocusing, relaxing with some friends. We was out there just having a good time, just doing our thing. So, uh, you know, I'm excited also about our what we're about to discuss, but before we get into all that, let me just welcome those, you know, that are joining us for the very first time, you know, because I don't take none of that lightly. Listen, for those that have been here and uh, you've been on every conversation, I don't take that lightly. Listen, y'all could be doing anything right now. I know we constantly fighting over stuff, this, this, that, and the other. I live in California, so, you know, we about to kick this governor out because he's terrible. They're all terrible. All politicians are terrible. They try to start off good, but they're all terrible. So it's all about the fleas of less amount of dogs. I just want to be in a state where you ain't telling me what to do, where, where you ain't telling me I have to get mandatory this and mandatory that. I don't want none of that. I don't care what your politics are because you're going to screw us anyway, whatever your politics are. So I'm already in agreement with that. Just don't make me wear anything and don't make me take a shot that I don't need. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. But listen. I know different states in different parts of the countries because we got listeners all over the place. Listen, I know y'all dealing with different issues and crisis other than this pandemic, scamdemic. So I just want to say welcome. You could be doing anything right now. And, and I know it and I don't take that for granted. I'm holding my arms out right now, giving you air hugs right now, because listen, if I saw you right now, I'm coming in for a real one, giving you a hug because I don't care what they say about social distancing or what kind of uh, uh, virus they say is out there. First of all, God has built the body to where it can heal itself. So that's one. Second of all, he built this also to be in relationship with each other. So a powerful hug is more healing because healing transfers than anything, than any medicine or shot. But hey, that's just me. I only can be speculating. <laughs> so let me tell you what this show is all about. We like discussing various topics that uh, the church body does not talk about on the Sunday or the Bible study or shut down from talking about it all together because of the sensitive nature of the subject. All of us, no matter what you think, feel or believe, will not be made to feel like uh, your opinions are not valid or uh, that you can't say what you feel. We we like to keep it 100 here on This Is The Day, just like my boy TV always says so. And we can always talk freely and honestly here on This Is The Day. Uh, before we get into it, if you haven't joined us for the very first time or haven't joined uh, any of our conversations at all, 
I just want you to know that uh, you can go on all, any of your podcast platform that you use and you can always listen to previous conversations. We talked about just before this, we talked about disciplines of faith. Before that, we talked about how to apply faith. And before that, we talked about how to treat one another, which listen, I need to go over that again today, <laughs> but I won't. Uh, before that, we talked about the 10 principles uh, for a successful relationship. Also, we talked about call to forgive. You know, hey, there's a calling uh, to forgive right now. So because a lot of uh, things have been said and done, we got family split right down the middle. Mass, no mass, vaccinated, non-vaccinated, black, white, red, homosexual. I mean, Jesus. I mean, you, you pick a topic, a subject, and there's division all over the place. And that's the real virus, if you haven't figured that out yet. The real virus that's spreading across the world that has the most long-lasting, lingering effects that will kill the most people is division and hatred. I'm sorry, I can I can be, I'm asking for a friend, but that is the God's honest truth. So let's get right on into it. And we do have a tradition here, just like uh, when I was on that plane to Cabo and coming back to the United States, they, somebody got on that microphone and said, hey, make sure your seat and tray tables are in the upright and locked position. Any turbulence you feel on this plane is God shaking at the very root of what does not belong on this plane. If you're listening with somebody, look at them and say, you ready? Look back at them and say, I'm ready. And if you're by yourself, that means the Holy Ghost. God, omnipresence is with you. You just look at God wherever you are. And don't matter what way you look at him and just say, I'm ready. And then look at him and say, let's go. <laughs> so. In the last episode, we talked about angels because we're talking about principalities and, and powers. Uh, so today we're going to talk about, uh, have a little conversation about the myths of angels and demons. I was going to have a conversation about the demons uh, that are principalities because we also said there's demonic angels because those are the fallen angels that are principalities right now are having their way right now. But they're also demonic principalities that wasn't former angels as well. So we're going to talk about that, but that's going to be more in depth. So we're going to talk about that uh, next time. But today we're going to talk about the myths because we're still talking about principalities and powers. Listen, this thing is deep. I know we don't like to talk about the spiritual aspect of things. We like this, you know, we're we're in a society that if, the, if I, can, I can see it, feel it, it must be real. If it looked like a duck, quack like a duck, must be a duck. Well, listen, there's something behind that duck. Uh, you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? There's always something behind the curtain. There's a world behind the world if you haven't figured that out. And there are things called principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly realms. And so that's what we're talking about. We just got to bring this stuff into the forefront. The, you know, this is what, when I say church doesn't talk about uh, these things, you know, because they want to blame everything on the devil. Oh, the devil did this, the devil did that, and all you did was stub your toe. Stop it. The devil didn't do that and make you stub your toe. Uh, so, you know, let's stop blaming everything on the devil. Let's give the devil his respect. Yeah, I know some some preachers are mad at me because some preachers call the devil dumb. And we talked about that and stupid. How can it be dumb and stupid if, if we fall in for the same things over and over again? But I am going to leave that alone. So understand this. There's an ongoing interest. There is no indication that our world's fascination with angels and demons is in decline. Rarely does a day pass that we don't hear of someone's alleged encounter with uh, either a holy angel or a fallen demon. Uh, 
Hey, look it. You can Google it if you want to. Don't y'all don't have to believe me. Listen, Google it. Look, go through news articles. Hey, I'm telling you, you go find some a story somewhere, shape or form. Do it yourself about somebody with an inner encounter with an angel or a demon in some way or doing something demonic or and I'm telling you or angelic. I'm telling you, it's just hard not to have it in the news uh, anywhere. And together with the news that uh, a new TV show or a film on Netflix will feature either both of these species uh, uh, of spiritual beings. Like, you know, there's uh, been a couple of shows, you know, one uh, popular show, I think it got canceled though, Lucifer. Uh then there was the show with the about Gabriel, uh, the angel. It was long uh, lasting show. I can't remember the name. Uh, so, uh, you know, also, let's talk about the ones Buffy the Band Slayer. We got the blades of the world. You know, we got uh, uh, what's my uh, girl with the werewolves that's fighting with the underworld, fighting with the werewolves and the lichens and stuff like that. Listen, every movie has some spiritual as- aspect of, of good versus evil, angels versus demons, God versus Satan in some way, shape or form. So there's a lot of confusion about angels and demons and certain myths that simply won't die. And let's talk about five of them and we out of here. Can we just discuss that a little bit? You know, I'm telling you, it's going to bless your life, you know, because I'm sure you've been wondering, have questions or, or you've heard something or you may have uh, had something made up in your mind. So let's talk about it. So let's talk about myth one. Myth one is about, it says angels and demons are uh, eternal and uncreated. So this we're talking about myth one. Angels and demons are eternal and uncreated. So let me answer that question about this myth. This runs counter to numerous biblical texts. When we talk about angels and demons are eternal and uncreated, the psalmist includes all God's angels and heavenly hosts among those whom he created. And that's Psalms 148, 2 through 5. And you know what I say about scripture? Hey, Let's keep it all in context, because, you know, if you take the word text out of the word context, all you are left with is a con. So, Pastor Wade, here on This Is The Day, does not like to con uh, anybody at all. I like to keep things in context, so you can look that up in Psalms 148, 2 through 5. The Apostle Paul clearly asserts that thrones and dominions and rulers and authorities, stand la- uh, standard language for angelic and demonic beings, were created by the Son of God. You can find that in Colossians 1 and 16. Furthermore, each angel is a creation. That is to say, they did not descend from an original pair as we did. They do not procreate as we do. That's Matthew 22, 28 through 30. We don't know when angels were created, but it is likely this happened before the events of Genesis 1. You can also see Job 38, 4 through 7. Satan, Samuel, Lucifer, being himself a fallen angel, is not eternal. He is a finite creature. One of my favorite movies is Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. If it bleeds, he can kill it. But I don't know if he bleeds. I doubt it because he is spiritual. But he's a finite creature, so eventually he will die. Uh, He is, therefore, God's devil. Satan is not the equal and opposite power of God. Uh, It's contra-dualism. His power is not infinite. He does not possess divine attributes. In summation of this, he is no match for God. At most, Satan, Samuel, Lucifer, is the equal and opposite power of the archangel Michael. Remember, 
We talked in the last episode that we talked about uh, uh, Michael and Lucifer were twins. So they were cut from when God made them, he made them together. So that's why they were battling uh, in heaven. Some religions, which are remain lameness, uh, say that Lucifer and Jesus were brothers and they were twins. And that is clearly not the truth. Uh, the son of God, lamb, like Jesus' name is does not exist. It, it is his government name. Jesus, if you were in heaven right now and said, I'm looking for Jesus, the angel would probably look at you like, who? Who are you talking about? You would probably have to say the lamb of God or the son of God. And they would probably, oh, okay. uh, we know exactly who you're talking about because Jesus is government name that God given him. He said there would be no name above that name. And he gave power to that name, Jesus. Uh, so therefore, uh, when you if you if when you go to heaven, you will not be referring to him as Jesus. He will be either the lamb or the son of God. He is part of the triune, not Trinity. Trinity are three separate. He is part of the triunity. Triune. They're together. If don't don't look at me if you upset at me about if you don't believe that you have to go back and when Jesus got baptized in his physical form, the uh, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son were all present at the very same time. But I'm gonna leave that alone. Myth two: Angels and demons are all powerful. Woo hoo hoo hoo! I know somebody believed that. I know somebody heard that. Somebody, Auntie Craig and them, all, I know somebody said that you heard that. You saw that on a fortune cookie somewhere and you just ran with it. You probably, somebody's saying it right now somewhere in the world. Angels and demons are all powerful. Understand this. Make no mistake. They are powerful. But only God is omnipotent. That means all powerful. He is the only one that's all powerful. So listen, uh, the devil and all his demons and uh, all his fallen angels cannot take God down whatsoever no, at all. So let's get that out your head. Let's let's get that myth. Let's erase your brain with that right now. God is all powerful. All angelic power is subject to God's power and purpose. You can find that in Psalms 103 and 20 and 2 Peter 2 and 11. In Genesis 19 and 12, through uh, 19 and 12 through 16, angels are used by God to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? It was so wicked because we we there now. We got Sodom and Gomorrah going on everywhere, oh, especially in the United States. I'm going to leave that alone, though, but we got that all going on. So Sodom and Gomorrah, they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah in uh, 2 Kings 19 and 35. One angel is empowered to kill 185,000 Assyrians. According to Matthew 28 and 2, an angel moved the stone from uh, Jesus' tomb. In Acts 12, an angel entered a locked prison and released Peter. In Acts 12 and 23, we read that an angel killed Herod in a most gruesome way. Angels appear in the book of Revelation. You can find that in Revelation 7, 2 through 3, to influence the phenomena of nature. All angelic power is subject to God's power and purpose. We also see, understand this now, 
We also see that demons can infuse their victims with superhuman strength. Uh, that's in Acts 19 and 16 and Mark 5 and 3. And like the holy angels can move swiftly through space. Normal physical barriers do not restrict their activity. Remember Legion? Hey, Jesus, leave us alone. Why are you messing with us, man? Hey, man, don't kill us, man. Don't send us to the abyss. He said, man, send us to those pigs over there. Jesus says, so be it, go. So he sent them to the pigs. But one thing uh, demons must do is destroy. That's, that's their very nature, is to destroy. That's why they just didn't want to die and then go to the abyss. They wanted to be in the pigs. And guess what they did with the pigs? They The pigs uh, did a stampede over the cliff. Uh, and so basically they killed all those pigs. So a demon must destroy. Demons can also physically assault someone and or cause physical affliction. That's Luke 9 and 39, Matthew 17 and 50. So if you ever seen a demonic possession, Somebody demonically possessed, and it seems like they want to tear stuff up, tear themselves up, tear other people up. There you go. Uh, speaks of a, de a demon seizing a young boy. He is thrown to the ground or into fire or water together with other violent symptoms. In Matthew 9, 32 through 34, a man's inability to speak to is attributed to a demon, be it noted. However, that there are several cases in the Gospels of blindness or the inability to speak, which Jesus heals, that are not attributed to demonic influence. I know this is crazy. This is deep right now. We only did two minutes. We got three more to go. But I'm telling you, if you, if you understand this, if you understand the spiritual realm, understand what we're dealing with. You know, the little voices you keep saying you're hearing um, and you can't decipher between if it's God's voice or if it's the voice of the devil or a demonic voice. Well, the thing about that voice is very important because the Bible is very clear. It says, Jesus said, my sheep will know me by the sound of my voice, because here's another thing. And this is free for every single body that's listening within the sound of my voice. If the devil could go around uh, roaring like a uh, like a lion, roaring with that means without teeth. He can roar like a lion, seeking to whom he can devour. He can also transform into an angel of light. So therefore, we like to go by what we see sometimes, just like a lot of bishops and pastors are going by what they see and not on God's frequency right now. And so they just want to go by what they see and listen to their cousin and them and, and Holy Ghost filled two doctors and all that kind of stuff, all that foolishness instead of being on God's frequency and listening to him directly. And then they go by what they see. That's why you must go by what you hear. And you better be able to decipher between God's voice and Satan's voice or a demonic voice, less said. Because if he can change to an angel light, you can't go by what you see. You're going to go by, have to go by the relationship you have with God. And you got to know what God would say and how he would say it. That's how you would be able to decipher it. That's why I try to tell people to calm down. If it's telling you to cuss somebody out, that is not of God. That is either you or a demonic force. If, if you want to do something evil to somebody, God will never tell you to do that. He would never tell you to do that. There, there are things of characteristics of God that you will be able to know him by his characteristics and then know him by his voice. That's why if you got multiple voices, I don't care if you got 20 million voices in your head, there's only one that's you need to be listening for with all the voices in your head. And I'm telling you, it will guide you to the right place. If you understand, my sheep will know me by the sound of my voice. 
If you love your boy, hit me up at Real Pastor Wade on my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Listen, especially if you have any other questions, because we're about to go into some more myths here. But I just want to make sure. Listen, are you are you following me? Am I losing you? Because hey, I know this is. I don't want to be spooky, Pastor Wade. I, listen, or a friend of mine used to say, "Spooky, spooky Jesus." We don't want to do that. What we want to do is understand principalities and powers, but you got to understand exactly what we're dealing with. You got to understand, we got to debunk the myths of what we believe. So, myth number three angels and demons are omnipresent. Omnipresent means they can be everywhere at the same time. Now, you know what I'm going to say. Come on, man. We know that angels are spirit beings and that they are immaterial or incorporeal. They have no flesh or blood or bones. They are, as Hebrews 1 and 14 declares, ministering spirits. However, watch this. Although they are spirits, they have spatial limitations. In other words, angels are not omnipresence, where we find both spatial movement and temporal limitations. They are always in one place at one time. There is a sense in which a spirit beings, they also have form or shape. That is to say, they are spatially confined. Uh, spatially, when I talk about is S-P-A-T-I-A-L-L-Y, confined. Their being is not distributed throughout space. They are localized. And here's the thing. Do angels have literal wings? Well, glad you asked. The seraphim are portrayed as having wings in Isaiah 6 and 2 and verse 6. You can also see Ezekiel 1, 5 through 8. Gabriel is portrayed as flying to Daniel's side. That's in Daniel 9, 21 and Revelations 14, 6 through 7. Whether or not all angels are winged is simply impossible to say. So I'm inclined to think that angels do not have gender. Oh, that's going to mess up. Oh, that's going to mess up. This lives matter. That lives matter. Ooh, Jesus. That's going to mess up some some cue. And uh, it's going to mess somebody up. The angel just has enough gender. Uh, where, where are my, my ladies at? Ooh, my shiro. Oh, well, praise the God for that. You know, but no, the angel don't have no no gender. I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 hey, gender neutral. I know some people are like that. Ooh, it's gender neutral. Ooh, we see no gender. Oh, stop it. Uh, in, in this world, we're male and female, regardless. I don't care. I'm going to leave that alone. So, <laughs> and you can find that I have uh, not gender. That's Matthew 22, 28 through 30. Hence, they do not uh, procreate. I should point out, however, that they're always described in the masculine gender. Uh, and you can see Zechariah, that's Z-E-C-H. That's in the Old Testament 5 and 9. It is important to remember that although he is powerful and resourceful, Satan can only be in one place at, the, at one time. He may well dispatch his demonic host to do his will. You know, Satan has a recon team now, y'all. You know, he has demon imps. Uh, he has also fallen angels. So there's a hierarchy. There's a chain of command, just like there is in heaven. So uh, he does the exact opposite. And, and well, actually, he tries to duplicate the exact same thing on the opposite end of the spectrum uh, in, in this plane. So uh, there is a hierarchy. So there's a demonic host, does his will, but cannot be tempting one believer in Bangladesh and simultaneously be a attacking another in Berlin. Satan 
is surely active in the earth, but he is always in one place in space at any one time. So all my people talking about the devil messing with me. Oh, Satan is messing with me. Stop it. Satan is not messing with you. Matter of fact, you may not, you, you're not even probably, and I'm just saying this with all due respect, you may be a spiritual giant, but you may not be on his spiritual plane, his spiritual radar right now. You may not be big enough. You may not be a big enough spiritual giant. You may not be a big enough impact player for the kingdom of God yet. That's why he's not personally messing with you. See, when Jesus fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, it said uh, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And guess what? Satan, Samuel, Lucifer himself came. Because there was no demon and imp, I don't care how strong they are, no fallen angel that, that could even come close. Satan had to come himself to tempt Jesus, to make him the offer. So now let's parallel to that to us. I mean, unless you're doing big things like that, I don't know. Satan is not messing with you. Now, not to say you you may be a spiritual enough giant and i'm talking about all of us i don't know i don't know you personally i'm talking to myself too i hey i mean I, i'm not all that in bag of chips and maybe neither are you in, in the spiritual world you know because we you know once we find out where genesis and revelation is sometimes maybe sometimes we get you know we think we full of the holy spirit and and then stop it i'm gonna leave that alone so <laughs> i'm in trouble i know i'm in trouble <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a pet peeve of mine. You know, you know, when people want to get all spiritual and then, you know, they this all powerful. They stub, they told next thing, you know, they ain't powerful no more. I, I don't understand. But anyway, so when you talk about Satan, he can't be omnipresent, just like demons and angels. Neither one of them can be omnipresent. Only God can be omnipresent. I mean, everywhere at the at the same time. God can be in your 2000 and also in your 2010 and your 2020 and your 2030 all at the same time. That's God. And I know that messed you up right there, but that's God. He is outside of time. Satan is in time. He's in our time right now because he gets his time right now to roam free, to go to and fro, to do his thing right now until the return. So when you talk about being omnipresent, only way Satan and all his demons can be on the presence. One, he has to deploy a demonic force. Second thing he has to do is he, he is the prince of the power of the air. So what does that mean? That means Satan is not in hell. Uh, that's another myth we're going to bust up. He's not in hell. Satan is in the atmosphere. The only way he wants an overview, just like God has an overview. So the best place to do that is in the air, just right outside the atmosphere. That's why he controls all the satellites, all the communications, all your cell phone, everything that communicates television. That's why you get all the bad news on TV. He controls all that. So that's why virtual reality, Oculus, all those things are becoming the, the thing right now. That's why all of our phones look alike. That's why everything is syncing up right now, because the only way he can be omnipresent all at the same time is he's going to have to be in a virtual world that we got to go to. Oh my God. Did somebody catch that? So he is teeing up. 
He is moving his chess pieces in there. That's why all the phone companies right now, that's why they're all merging right now. That's why all the cable companies and, and satellite companies are merging right now. That's why your boy Bezos and, and Elon Musk, that's why the, they're, they're talking about this race going to space. That's why they're shooting up satellites. He is now moving the final chess pieces of being omnipresent. Then watch, remember, Wade, Pastor Wade told you here, they're going to they're gonna announce like soon, one way, shape, or form, that we're going to have be able to have free cell service, free minutes, free everything. And what happens is it's going to be done through an app because right now the Sovereign Sky, uh, which is uh, developed by SpaceX, which is Elon Musk, is being not only developed, but it is developed. And so that's going to control all of our uh, our money and stuff. That's why we're going to go cashless here. But you're going to see soon that the carrier is going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to give them phones and then everything's going to be working through an app. Then you're you already can go into virtual worlds right now. You already got VR goggles and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to become easier and easier. That's why smart TVs are such a big deal right now. I'm telling you, my sheep will know me by the sound of my voice. If you listen to me and and watch God will help you navigate through all these principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, all this spiritual wickedness in heavenly realms. He'll help you navigate through all this stuff. But understand this, why you keep getting a cell phone every six months, why, why they're making it easier here. Oh yeah, you're a lifetime Samsung. Oh, you're a lifetime iPhone. Oh yeah, come trade it in. That's, and they won't even service the other one. That's why they keep up in the, the, the 5G. Oh, yeah. And the reason why 5G is bad, because it interrupts uh, your equilibrium inside your body. So that's a whole nother story that I can't even get to into uh, at this point. So that is the way that Satan is going to be, able to be omnipresent is through technology. And he's dang near almost there. Look at how streaming Hulu sling. I mean, He'll be uh, serious radio, XM radio, which combined as well. He'll be able to blast his signal and be present where every ever technology is, which is what? All over the world. Guardian angels aren't necessarily biblical. Oh, where are my guardian angels people at? Oh, my guardian angel. Oh, yes, Lord. You my angel. I know, I know. Praise the Lord. So, myth is, myth four is guardian angels aren't necessarily biblical. Is the notion of guardian angels a myth or is it true? Well, I am so glad you asked. That's a difficult question now. See, you thought I was just going to say yes or no. I got you. That's a difficult question to answer. Some argue that the angel of each of the seven churches in Revelations 2 and 3 is the guardian angel of that local congregation. Angels are described as ministers. Ministers mean to serve or aid. A word that suggests a priestly service, like in Hebrews 1, 7 and 14. They provide guidance and direction for God's people. They also as well comfort and give encouragement. Angels also guard and protect the children of God, as is clear from Psalms 34 and 7, 78 and 23 through 25, and Psalms 91 and 11, 1 Kings uh, 19, 5 and 7, and Daniel 6, 20 through 23, and Daniel 12 and 1. We read in Acts 12 and 15 of believers who mistook Peter himself for uh, his angel. 
So you can actually read an account in Acts 12 and 15 that somebody mistook Peter being there as his angel. So sometimes we can like, oh, just put it on people. And, you know, God maybe has sent them to help you, but they're not necessarily an angel or your guardian angel. It's possible that Luke is only describing their belief without himself endorsing it. Others argue that he intends to teach that each of us not only has a guardian angel, but also that the latter may assume our physical characteristics. Yes, it seems odd. Watch this. But why else would they have concluded that the person at the door was Peter's angel and not someone or something else? Interesting. In Matthew 18 and 10, Jesus warns against the neglect of little children and reminds his disciples that their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. An ancient custom prevailed in Eastern court settings, according to which those who stood before the king or were allowed to see his face, quote unquote, were officers who enjoyed the king's special favor and were privileged to enjoy the closest possible fellowship. The implication may be that the highest ranking angels are assigned and commissioned by God to watch over with loving care, his little ones. Thus, Jesus is saying, don't despise my little ones, for they are so highly regarded that God has appointed his most illustrious angels to keep watch over them. Their constant presence uh, before him may be so that they can quickly respond to whatever task God may assign them in their ministry to us. Can you dig it? Myth five, and we are done. Either or both of Isaiah 14 and 12 through 15 and Ezekiel 12 and 28 and 12 through 19 describe Satan's original fall. So if you read, you read Ezekiel, it talks about Satan's fall, Satan, Lucifer, Samuel, Ezekiel 28, 12 through 19. And also Isaiah talks about 14, 12, and 15. And so the myth is, is both of these depictions, scriptures, uh, describing the fall of Satan. And Isaiah 14, 12 through 15 appears in a passage that is specifically identified as a taunt of judgment against the king of Babylon, which is verses three and four. The taunt may be directed at the particular king, most likely the Sinach cherub, or perhaps at the whole Babylonian monarchy personified as a single individual. Clearly, though, the mocking lament portrays indeed celebrates the demise of an earthly power that both possesses and oppresses the people of God. Language used in verse 12 and 14, we're still talking about Isaiah 14, 12 through 15, is certainly compatible with what we know of Satan's character, but may well be used, uh, use of poetic language to describe an earthly king. Many of the terms used here, morning star, dawn, and sacred mountain, have been found in texts dealing with ancient pagan mythology. Page notes that the mythology was probably rooted in the observation of the brilliant rise of the planet Venus, the morning star, in the early morning sky and its rapid fading with the rise of the sun. If this is true, Isaiah would be utilizing without endorsing motives common in pagan mythology to describe the downfall of an earthly rumor. <laughs> 
Oh boy. Now I know some of us have called Satan Oh Morning Star. That's what he's we referred it to. But here's another way of looking at it. That the morning star could be about an earthly king. And because of the rise of the the planet Venus, which is also the morning star, I'm going to leave that alone. Understand this. Others have argued, whereas all this may be true, we can still see in the description of an earthly opponent of God, the Babylonian king, his model and heavenly inspiration, Satan. But is that what Isaiah had in mind when he wrote it? The figure Lucifer, shining one or star of the morning, is called a man in verse 16 and compared with other earthly kings in verse 18. Lucifer was first used in Latin Vulgate to translate the Hebrew word Hillel, which is E-L-E-L, and eventually made its way into the King James Version. See that dang King James Version, y'all? Don't get me started on that. According to Boyd, Isaiah is simply comparing the king of Babylon to the planet Venus, the morning star. It rises bright at dawn and climbs to the highest point in the sky, only to be quickly distinguished or extinguished by the brightness of the sun rising. Thus, Isaiah, old eagle eyes, the messianic prophet, shall be the career of the presently shining king of Babylon. He appears on the stage of world history as the brightest star, ascending higher and higher. But in the end, he shall quickly disappear in the light of the sun. So what about Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Again, verses 1 through 11 refers to the prince or the ruler of Tyre. It is a Phoenician port city about 125 miles northwest of Jerusalem. Verses 2, 9 through 10, clearly indicates that he is a human, not angelic. The historical setting is the siege of Tyre of Nebuchadnezzar from 587 to 574 BC. The king of Tyre during the period was Ithobel II. That's I-T-H-O-B-A-A-L II. Verses 12, 19 referred to king of Tyre, suggesting to some that verses 12, 19 referred to a supernatural power behind the human ruler of verses 1 through 11. However, this word, king, quote unquote, I'm putting bunny quotes in the air, y'all, is used, therefore, in Ezekiel of earthly rulers, leading most to believe that the prince, verses 1 through 11, and the king of verses 12 through 19 are one and the same prince and king being synonymous. On the other hand, here we go, the king of verses 12 and 19 seems to be portrayed in terms that go beyond what is true of any earthly king. Example, perfection in Eden, created, cherub, holy mountain of God, blameless. The identification of this king as an anointed cherub who covers, quote unquote, guards in verse 14 is considered the strongest evidence that the reference is to Satan. Others have pointed out, however, that Hebrew text may just as easily be translated with a cherub also, it is difficult to understand how dishonest or unrighteous trade and the desecration of sanctuary in verse 18 could have been involved in the fall of Satan. How then are we to understand the reference to the Garden of Eden in verse 13? Most believe 
that the king of Tyree is being compared with the first Adam. In summary, we will have to settle for a measure of uncertainty as whether to either of these texts actually describe Satan's fall. So I said all that to say, y'all, it's okay if we don't have all the answers. It truly is. I know, listen, I know pastors and bishops and men and women of God, they want to sound smart and anointed. And, you know, I hear from the Lord. I know, I get it. And listen, we want to be something. That's that innate thing that we all have in us. Uh, A a bishop once told me that one of the worst things about our job or our vocation, as far as being pastors and bishops and stuff like that, is ego. And that's the thing is sometimes is ego is running rampant in the church, not the devil, not a demon, ego, you know, because everybody wants to sound smart. Everybody wants to uh, sound like, you know, they hear from God. And that's just not the truth. It's okay saying, I don't know. Let's pray about it. Or let's do some more research. Hey, I'll be the first to tell you, Pastor Wade is not is all be all and don't know all. (laughs) But I do try to find out for you. I try to find out for myself and also for you as well. So, so I pray that you enjoyed yourself and that you, we spent this time together. Thank you for tuning in to episode four of Principality is Power. I thank all of you for your support and responses. New episodes release every Thursday on iTunes and Spotify at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please remember to subscribe and don't listen to these episodes just once. Get them ingrained in your spirit. Remember, For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly realm. A special thanks to my man, KC at I Am Music Group for producing this show. Erica Duff for the artwork. She does an amazing job. Alex Teamer, aka Team for the baseline rooftop. Pastor Warren Campbell and Lena Burr Miles for this is the intro. And a shout out to Shannon Jackson and Shay J Entertainment for, and the Holy Ghost Busters Mobile Ministry. A shout out to the House of No Hole Barbershop with Julian Payne. He is a celebrity barber to the stars if you're in the greater Los Angeles area. Hey, look my boy up. And I'm telling you, keep you looking fresh just like me. Just telling your boy, Pastor Wade sent you. And also a special shout out to the Jewy Woo and the Rooftop Crew. Hashtag 21. Listen, Rooftop. You can follow us also on IG Rooftop Crew on IG. I love and appreciate every single one of you. Remember to subscribe to This Is Jay on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Real Pastor Wade and Wade is spelled W-A-I-D. And remember to post any subject titles you'd like to discuss on This Is Day Facebook page or feedback on your Instagram stories of what you thought about the conversation. Always remember, God believes in you and so do I. Till next time, this is the day. This is always the day for breakthrough, victory, redemption. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to This Is The Day with Pastor Wade on any podcast platform that you use. You can interact with Pastor Wade with questions, comments, or subject titles you would like discussed. You can follow Pastor Wade at Real Pastor Wade, that is Real Pastor W-A-I-D, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 